Hi there. Hello. Welcome. This is Alchemy Answers episode, fuck, is it 12? 13? <laughs> I was I not prepared know. to do the intro. <laughs> I don't know. We've uh, done a lot of them. Dude. Regardless, I think it's episode 13. Nope. It, it is episode 12. All right. Confirmed. Just okay, checked. Well, it's, an, it's an unlucky number, so we should skip it anyway. Episode 12. Welcome to Al Alchemy Answers. We're doing it live on Jenkins' stream. Uh, Twitch.tv slash 420Jenkins, by the way. 420Jenkins. I don't know why I say that. Like, I'm shilling. Like, it's it's our YouTube channel. <laughs> why why do I feel so bad about saying that? It's actually your Twitch channel. It's not our YouTube. So it is just what you who's benefiting from this, not about? me. Well, but, I you know. The thing is, I don't give a shit about you, so it's it's like, it's just fine. It's a very okay. abusive relationship that we're in. Yeah, well, I'm well aware of that because I'm the one abusing you. So, okay, so I uh, have the qu some questions here. So, uh, majoronimal function, which is a uh, stream viewer. Uh, this this guy asks some pretty uh, good questions, usually about my dad, but this one is about okay. So, if you first pick support, like uh, a hard support, and then two other people switch from carry to support, what do you do to win against five carries? Okay, I'm going to have to read that again, because Jesus Christ. That's such a strange scenario. <laughs> so you pick support, and then two other people switch from carry to support. What do you do to win against five carries? You probably just lose. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard to win a game if somebody's like doing some, some Rubik carry shit. Like It's very, very genuinely game-losing. Uh, one way that you can win is that you can... like supplement a draft filled with like a bunch of dumb support heroes with uh some huskar or brood some like 1v5 cheese hero or meepo uh or just some really really late game hero and then you can just kind of itemize on the support heroes to to go late and like supplement those heroes so like if you have a tb or something you just build a bunch of items that just make tb stronger you just play to help your tb and you just like hope to win if you have five supports versus um a bunch of carries you probably want to get items to end the game early like uh what's it called meteor hammer necro not so much it's kind of a shitty item now unless you're liking but yeah meteor hammer is pretty pretty decent i don't know what do you think Bonnie? spam meteor hammers and i would look at your support it's kind of a general question so it's hard to know like what we're talking about here what we're working with but if you're a support hero that has good talents that enable you to scale the late game then you just build important carry items like i don't know if you if you pick lich and you have the 120 damage talent why not just itemize for damage if you don't have a carry uh and i mean if you're i don't know a hero that it, it's so hard to answer the question without knowing what the lineups are but i guess like i don't know just build items that are good for late game even if you're a support you can just build like build five Dude. hexes if you have five supports against five carries build five hexes what do they do if, if they're pigs Nothing. Man, I, I had a I had a mid dazzle the other day against a last pick brood. He actually solo killed the brood two times in the lane. Um and then we ended up just horribly losing the game because then we had a mid dazzle. <laughs> and then all of that network didn't matter that he had that he had acquired from like a free lane because brood just fucked up so badly. 
uh, be- because Dazzle just doesn't have the spells to like be an effective carry. Yeah. So I would say that if you're in a game and you're you're playing some sort of like support hero or a hero that falls off, and you want to, uh, you want to carry the game either end early with a meteor hammer so you don't have to carry the game, or be very careful with your positioning and your play and make sure that you're itemizing correctly. Like this Dazzle, he very easily could have. Well, I, I shouldn't say easily. He could have won the game. Probably would be pretty hard because realistically, you're a, you're a, a core dazzle. That's not very good. Uh, but if he had played a little differently, maybe he could snowball to to some you know some victory. But like if he was any other hero other than a dazzle, and he was an actual core hero in the mid lane, and he gets two solo kills on Broodmother, game is over right then and there. It's over. There's no way to come back from that. If like a Timber or like a Monkey King or something like that. Gets two solo kills on a brood. It's such a snowball lead, but Dazzle is like always killable. Crystal Maiden always killable. That's the issue with these support heroes. So make sure you're itemizing and and uh, you know you die one or two times, you're you're probably fucked. So probably just build meteor. Yeah, and Sorry. so I think one other point to to point out there, and this is applicable to like a lot of situations, is that I think a lot of the time when people feel like they're on a timer, they just start kind of incessantly fighting just forever. They're just always trying to fight and fight and fight and fight because they feel like they need to end the game right now, right this second. And while that's good if you're winning the fights, it gets to a point where like if you are a support or you're a mid-dazzle, for example, and you die one time in these fights, like the game is over for you. So (laughs) you have to be super careful with taking too many fights despite the fact that you need to play fast and you need to take towers uh if you're just kind of like running at them you're basically just feeding five carries and that's gg for sure that's a big gg right there okay we'll we'll move on to some other questions if i skip any you can just repeat it and i'll I'll read it there's like a lot of chat i have to scroll through so newsham asks why do you think some heroes are so popular in pubs but see so much less competitive play Something like Ricky, Monkey King, Treant. Um, I think, uh, I, I think, I mean, I think there's a few reasons for this. When I was doing King's Cup, we had a uh, Demon call in. We had, uh, uh, what's this, Andy call in. We had uh, March call in. And, like, one of the common factors that I'm hearing from a lot of these, like, really high-level drafters is that they test out a lot of things just to see how it feels. And, like, the drafts aren't necessarily like we have this whole game figured out like it's this constant thing where people in competitive like they're they're feeling out how to play a specific hero uh like march literally won like four games in a row or something in king's cup with drow and we were like why why are you picking drow why are you playing it like this we had a bunch of questions for him and he's just like i don't know we were just feeling it out to see how to see if anybody can counter this drow hero and then the next day they drafted something totally different so basically, I, I think that a big reason that you don't see a lot of these things in c- competitive is that a lot of uh, the heroes that are picked in like tier two competitive are dictated by like what a lot of these you know eternal envies and stuff are are picking and trying out and puppies and stuff. And these players like they take a while to test out strats, you know. So even if a hero is good in competitive, it's not necessary that like the teams have figured out an optimal strat to play with it, or uh, they maybe they just haven't tried it basically. And then also. The obvious answer is that certain heroes are really good when there's a total lack of communication, which is yeah. pubs, and then certain <laughs> heroes are 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 very bad without any communication. But that that's such an obvious answer because it's just like pubs are complete, total, utter chaos where everybody's just running around doing complete nonsensical stuff. So if you pick some hero like I don't know, a Timbersaw, you'll probably own 
Uh, but in, in competitive, it's like, that's a hero that you, you probably don't want to pick. Um, unless it's like a, a last pick cancer cheese hero. And even then so many teams lost with that hero at King's cup, you know, like there's, there's that element. I think, I think that's, that's a big reason, but the more interesting reason I think is that people test things and a lot of things just haven't been tested. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of comes back to the fact that, like why the meta gets so static after a while. It's because. You know, there's the teams that are making money <laughs> running certain strats and everybody else wants to be good like them. And so if you are kind of at that cusp, if you're like close to being competitive, then why would you risk doing anything that could completely be terrible? Like when there's money online, when there's a chance to make money, when there's a chance to qualify for a land and get your name out there and get experience like if you have the opportunity to qualify running safe stuff, you're just going to do that because uh, innovation, while it could win you stuff, you know, it's it unproven. Whereas you see these teams like, you know, the secrets and the EGs and the LGDs running these strategies that they've been running for like a year and they've been winning very consistently for like a year. So clearly they know something about the game because they're making millions of dollars in your Okay. That's harsh. The way you put that at the end there. I, I mean, it is, it is, <laughs> but like, it's, it's reality. It's why, it's why you go to like a doctor for your medical needs because they've spent countless hours and countless amounts of money testing the correct things out. You don't just like take a saw and start chopping at your body when you have like cancer, you go and get like a consultation people, and stuff. People have, people have done that. Yeah, work out it does well. not work out very well. I think I think it's I like to kind of piggyback off what you said. I think what you said is true. I think a lot of teams are perfectly willing to like test out stuff, like tier two teams. There, there's, um, I think tier two teams aren't giant pussies. I think they're definitely willing to like. There's a lot less to lose. They're the underdogs. But with that being said, like something like a Necrophos is completely figured out. PL completely figured out. Like in order for heroes to become the new meta they have it's not just like some team plays at one game it feels good it's like it has to be played by so many teams so many times and be completely figured out you know and uh that just doesn't happen when you have like i think you will have tier two teams picking like a ricky or something but you'll see it in one game and then they're not playing at some land tournament playing like 50 games you know so you'll only see that ricky so rarely so there's very little uh proving grounds like there's very little opportunity for ricky to really be to be figured out because it's just like the tier two teams that are that have picked it and these other teams just haven't moved on to it yet anyway we've been kind of hamming on this question for a while so let's uh let's go ahead and look to see if there's move LMA along his, his voice change for the intro <laughs> you did change your voice for the intro hey man that's recording videos though okay uh what are my favorite offlaners in this patch uh my favorite offlaners i think weaver is good i think necro is good given um, given the game, I'm actually going to record a video on this soon. Uh, Murata has become good again, too, just because a lot of the other heroes have fallen off. Uh, and she's she hasn't gotten nerfed all that badly. Uh, let's see. Axe, double stout shield axe is incredibly good. Depends on what you're up against, though. Ogre's very good, uh, mainly because he can be played in like almost any role. I know that a lot of SEA teams are doing some like Ogre plus a Shrak, where sometimes Ogre will be core, sometimes a Shrak will be core, depending on the game. 
Uh, the offlane is pretty versatile right now, to be to be totally honest. I'm even seeing like S in SEA teams are running Nyx Assassin offlane if they're like against a Necropugna and they're just maxing Mana Burn, leaving the stun at level one, level two, uh, maxing the Carapace too. There's uh, Magnus. Magnus is pretty good with like a PA strat uh, or some Monkey King, something like that. Pretty pretty versatile. I would say one of the one of the heroes that has fallen off pretty dramatically that was considered an offlaner for a long time is like Ursa. And then Tiny is also being played more as a support now than a, than an offlaner, uh, other than an NA. But in NA, people are losing with it. So like SEA in, in China, they're just picking Tiny, running it as a support because it does what it does as a support. Same thing that it would you know do in the offlane. So I don't know. I think that's a pretty good list. Yeah, that's Free something that we see a lot happen a lot uh, over the course of like a few month period. Is people will take a hero that works well and then they will realize like, wait, we could put this somewhere else and it would do the same thing <laughs> right like tiny mid does the same thing as tiny offlane it does the same thing as tiny support essentially like once you get to like the mid game and the fighting and stuff like that my opinion on tiny mid is that like if you if you build tiny as an offlaner he'll get to like you know the echo saber and the shadow blade uh and you'll basically be killing the same heroes as if like you if you didn't have those items, you'd still want to be jumping and killing the same heroes. But like, right. if you're mid, if you're mid tiny and you get those items so early because you're mid, you can actually kill like cores. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, definitely a little bit different, but like the hero like, play style is very similar regardless. I would right, say. right. But that's like all, that. All I'm saying is like that's why we see tiny mid and tiny support, but not tiny offlane because mm. it's that weird middle ground where you're kind of too under farmed to kill cores, and then it's just like, why am I not just a, a support with a blink killing? You know, like a winter wyvern or a dazzle or a willow like you know you'll kill those heroes regardless but if you're mid you can actually blow up like a pl you can blow up like a centaur depending you know yeah did you mention pugna at all what do you think of pugna oh pugna's pretty good pugna's pretty... yeah pugna is pugna's more of a more of a mid laner it's kind of a flex pick like it's good it's definitely good at both yeah if you get really hard countered on pugna you can just throw it to throw it to the off lane yeah pugna's definitely good it's really good against necro good against like specific heroes that have high mana costs and stuff yeah, I played this one game where forget whether I was the support or the or the safe laner, but it was against a Pugna IO lane and it was like pretty dirty <laughs> to deal with like infinite nether blasts and IO being at fast movement speed, it was really hard to deal with. Fast heroes with IO is so cancer. Yeah. Okay. So I've played a lot. Tyler HK93 says this. this is the first time I've actually pronounced the name correctly. Uh, I've played a lot of Rubik, and honestly, if I can make people chase me with utility items like four staff, blink, and ghost, as well as be able to split push lanes. Hey, screw you, Tyler. That wasn't a question. You baited me. Um, okay. Uh, am I missing some questions? Probably. Okay. I have no money. I'm playing Rubik. Most often, as a safe lane support, I'm having a hard time not falling off after the laning phase. How do I find the right timings to gank, uh, or otherwise ensure my slash our future strength? The thing is, if you're playing a five roll support right now, a lot of the time you will just fall off, regardless of of what you do. Uh, because otherwise, if you are having a really good game, usually you'll take the four position, and your your five your your four will be getting fucked. Uh, unless you're completely snowballing, in which case the game is very easy and nothing really needs to be said about that. But it's because right, uh, of, of the two-on-two meta. Basically, it's like some, one lane tends to do very do well, well, and the other yeah. lane tends to do poorly. Right. Uh, so basically, what I would recommend is uh, Rubik four, <laughs> and then also I'd recommend uh, 
you buy a shitload of sentries and try to just do your best to to do whatever you can to be useful in the game because really as a, as a five roll your job is to get wards down it's to uh get as much as you can out of the lanes and and do do shit in the early game but like if you if you find that you're falling off as a five maybe you should like and you don't you don't like that maybe you should be playing four or off lane because right now if you look at like most fives uh, after the game and you look at what they purchased they have like 2000 net worth in a 50 minute game and then 50 centuries purchased like five five rolls do not they always fall off they almost always fall off uh i would say that if you want to still find that you're uh you know having if you want to try to have like a, a huge impact still which of course you can always try to do um warding is a good way to have an impact uh Watching your positioning very carefully in fights is a good way to, to have an impact, especially on Rubik. If you're, like, standing in trees somewhere away from the fight, you can get a good steal, use a spell, probably die, but then at the very least you'll use the spell. Uh, positioning is, is so crucial on Rubik, and especially as 5, too, because you walk in, you'll die, and it's not even, like, a worthwhile death because you're so easy to kill and so important that... It's not like, oh, they use spells for me. They can just all right-click you once and you'll die. So, like, standing in trees is really important. Trying to stay uh, in fog is really important. Playing on the back line away from your uh, from your team is really important. Not grouping up with your team, because if somebody can get, like, a double stun on you plus one, it's really, really good. Everybody aims for supports. Uh, at least good players will try to aim for supports because they're so easy to kill and, and so important. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good li list of stuff. But I would, say, I would say mainly if you're a five, like, I wouldn't feel too bad about falling off because that's... Kind, kind of what's what they supposed do. to happen, yeah. yeah. And I mean, one thing that you can do if you like, if you're falling off because you're dying a lot, is just try and stay like pretty close proximity to your playmaking heroes or the ones that are most likely to kind of like be involved in a fight or be ganked, so that you can counter initiate and try and like. I mean, the best thing as a five is you're in the right place at the right time to stop your carry or your mid offlaner from dying. As a result, you happen to survive the fight because everything's focused on that hero. You save them, you end up getting like three levels and like a thousand gold out of a fight just because you happen to be there and survive the whole thing. And that is, you know, that one fight gives you a full item or allows you to actually get ten, one important ten item. Centuries. Yeah. Ten centuries. Ten centuries. Or it could potentially finish your blink dagger, which then could snowball you into kind of like a second four, four on your four team position yeah, yeah. 3.5 or 4.5 or whatever uh okay so uh bongo drums says jenkins what are your thoughts on pudge midas and travels bongo drums i think that's super legit and uh you'll win a lot by uh doing that in game so i would go ahead and do that i think that's the next the next uh big thing like that's the next blink on enigma you know like it's that good uh anyway moving on <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't think Midas is very good. I don't think... Damn, Moo's getting destroyed in this game. Yeah, I don't think is. Midas is very good. I think Travels isn't a great item. Like it, It's so expensive and essentially just functions exactly like Teleport Scrolls. A little bit better. Um, it just makes the game a lot easier and costs a lot of gold that could be otherwise used for um, stats and, and stuff to, to keep you alive and to kill... Uh, to kill people. Oh, there's flames. There's lots of flames going on in this game. Okay, so Jay Newsham says, from an offlaner's perspective, would you rather play kill lanes like was more popular a few months ago, or would you rather be somewhat self-sufficient laner, freeze up the four to roam around at the, the four-minute nighttime? 
I actually really like like Enigma in this patch because it free it it it, it like lets you go back to that previous meta of 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 the the four being able to just go do what they want. Like you see a lot of teams picking Enigma and then they'll pick like Spirit Breaker, Tusk, Earth Spirit because Enigma doesn't really care for people to be in his lane anyway. Earthshaker too. So then you can have these really really good heroes for the game that also happen to be roamers. Like I I I kind of prefer this meta just because there are picks available to you that can allow you to do the roaming thing and i also kind of like the fact that if you want to roam in this patch you have to be some like specialty guy running around on tusk killing everybody like it's really cool to me that it's like everybody knows roaming sucks ass but teams will still pick an earth spirit or a tuskar and that's you know sometimes supplemented but then you know that that player has to be so good at that hero to make it worth it like i find that really cool and interesting at least from like a spectator perspective and as an offlaner that also means that like i get you know uh different different lane scenarios that i find myself in we'll do one more we'll do one more question okay so dota 2 samurai sorry bongo drums i read this one first dota 2 samurai says uh how should i play safe lane carry these days i always end up jungling since it's almost impossible to not lose the lane that's how you do it yep <laughs> you jungle straight uh, up you, i was just gonna well, say you pick TB or PL, and then you are morphling. You lose the lane. Sometimes you win if you get very lucky, and your lane is the winning lane. But if you if you lose the lane, you have to go jungle and eventually come back by pressuring lanes, uh, forcing uh, forcing enemy team to respond to objectives, and then picking the right fights. That's basically how you how you play the the safe lane. That's the big one: picking the right fights, not showing up before you have the ability to actually take a fight and impact it. If you're showing up to a fight before your BKB, for example, on a hero that needs BKB to fight, you're throwing the game. <laughs> Essentially, is what it comes down to. Um, I definitely yep. think that. I mean, I think that there's a few other heroes that you can probably pick uh, besides the ones that Jenkins mentioned, and there's definitely some stuff that like. Some heroes that are more flexible, like a Weaver, like a Marana, that can be run in the safe lane that aren't just going to immediately lose the lane because they're more of like uh, an offlaner because they have the escape, because they can't be pressured nearly as heavily. Um, but definitely the, the TBPLs coming back in the late game is the most reliable way to play safe lane carry right now. Yeah. Uh, and with those heroes being popular, I've been experimenting with Sven. I think Sven's pretty good. But I know that you hate Sven. You think he's garbage. I don't hate Sven. I think Sven is okay. His cleave is pretty good. Cleave is very good because the fact the cleave it's what is it forty percent at level one? Yeah, you get a battle fury for it's one a, point. You don't have it's to. It's actually max it out. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like him as an offlaner because of that. I told you, you. I told you that Sven offlane was the next thing. I didn't like, disagree two months with ago, you. Dude. And you're like, no, no way. Maybe I mean, maybe like three months from now it'll be the, okay. Yeah, I, which I was right because they nerfed Wraith King. <laughs>